0: let's go from the four corners of the globe welcome to the park chat theme park podcast join us as we dive deep into a world of fun and adventure to discover what australia's theme parks are all
1: about Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Park Chat, joined tonight by Blake and Matt. Hey guys, how are you going? Hello. Yeah, really good. How's the last couple of weeks been in the theme park sphere, Blake and
0: Matt? Uh, it's been ridiculous. There's been so much happening in the past month. Matt and I did have plans to record an episode while you were away in America, and that did end up happening. But unfortunately, other personal commitments got in the way, and unfortunately, we weren't able to get it out in time. So, we're going to try and cover as much as we can this episode.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to cover. I mean, just when we thought we had everything ready to go and planning complete, Dreamworld go and, you know, announce some stuff, which
0: I guess is, yeah, Greg, we must have done it on purpose, I reckon. And Village Roadshow. Both of the major competitors have had some very, very big announcements over the past month.
1: Just to give you a quick recap of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to have quick bits which are going to take you around Australia going through all the little bits, I guess, that have happened over the last couple of weeks. And, of course, then diving into Dreamworld's massive plans that they announced, I guess, at the time of release a couple of days ago. So, it's going to be a big episode, so get ready for some fun theme park discussions. Matt, take us away. You know what, because I'm uh, taking quick bits, I think we should start in the best state in Australia,
2: Victoria. The less exciting of the two announcements for Victoria is Funfield's new Tornado slide. So, this is actually a cropped version of the Pro Slide Tornado 60, which is supposed to be one of these big world record slides. It's going to be opening sometime in this summer. So, I think the park's aiming to have an announcement in December for when that will open. Lads, you've both been on a Tornado slide, I'm sure. But what are your thoughts on the cropped version?
0: It looks very interesting. I mean... I've always been curious as to why the tornado slide was like the full funnel. Did they just do that for aesthetics or was it to maintain the structural integrity of the funnel section of the ride and now they've just realised, oh, we don't need to do that anymore because it's not really going to have much impact on the ride experience.
2: That's an excellent question, actually, because I feel like it could have had to do with the structure, but then you see like the wave type of slides, which don't have that issue.
0: Yeah, like Kamikaze yeah, it went wild on the Gold Coast. Yeah, exactly. Ash, what do you think of the colour? Look,
1: uh, I'm just going to go on the website now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Man's prepared. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, while Ash gets that booted up, was this the same slide that was announced pre-pandemic? There was some blueprints that were released or leaked by Funfields uh, a number of years back. And this is the manifestation of those plans is that right yeah look i dare say it's an
2: updated version it seems like it's the same slide but it's just the cropped version rather than the actual full funnel
0: Mm. and i remember in the original blueprints that the colors it was quite colorful
2: yes well, if you go into the Funfields website, they've got promo images for it and they've got like a, a rainbow section of slide, which looks like it has, I'm not sure if you've seen the videos with like these newer slides, you go down and there's like LED lights in rings. So, it kind of looks like you kind of go through like a matrix almost when you go through the slide. So, it looks like they're possibly implementing that and having that rainbow in the tube before the actual tornado section.
0: Yeah, yeah, I see that on the promo picture on the website, and I have seen that before. By the way, uh, did you mention that the name of the, the attraction is going to be called Supernova?
2: Which actually, fun fact, makes it the second Supernova in Victoria. Oh, really? Where, where's the other one? The other one is Supernova at Lunar Park, which is the same model as the Trident.
0: Oh, yes, of course, that's right. So, for those,
1: I guess, when you say cropped, Matt, it's not fully enclosed? Um, You see how
2: the top, it doesn't make a full funnel. It's sort of just like a U-shape. So, I think that's what they're referring
1: to as cropped. Oh, the park actually said the word cropped. Because Whitewater West, and look, I am not a theme park. Sorry, I'm a theme park guy. I'm not a water park (laughs) guy. Uh, I'm just going to do some quick digging because they actually have a very similar ride type and they actually go and and name it something else Manta, which I actually does look like the Manta sort of ray. But that's what they call it. And it looks very similar.
0: Hmm. Well just to recap some of the notes on the official website, they're saying it's going to be 250 meters long. It's got a 65 foot tunnel. First of its kind in the world, I'm presuming that's meaning the cropped funnel section. And it's going to total at 27 meters or nine stories tall. That's a decent height, but most of that height's going to come from the slide tower, so not necessarily
1: a drop or anything. Way to like be a buzzkill, Matt.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you would imagine that the higher the tower, the, you know, the longer the ride can be. So, you know, I can only take that as a good thing.
1: Oh, 100%. It's great
2: for a park like Funfields. Funfields is really good. And as you've been there before. Um, you'll say they're really good at putting in real high quality pro slide slides. They don't just put in off the shelf small models. They go all out. So, yeah, it should be really exciting to see.
1: Yeah. Presentation will definitely be a strong point for this ride. You know, with Kumbaya and Funfields, there's uh, some real rivalry going on. And I am impressed that neither park are letting budget cuts when it comes to presentation and theming get the better of them. Yeah, and speaking of Gumbaya
2: World, they've finally announced their two new coasters and they've announced the opening date as well, December 23, so a couple of days before Christmas there. For those who may have missed it or aren't aware, we've got the buzzsaw from Dreamworld, which has been completely rethemed and refurbished. It's now black and green and the entire track's been repainted the car as well has had a little bit of a touch-up as well by the looks of it and that's um, yeah, as i said opening december 23 as a theme project zero so a space theme type of ride
0: now we've known about these coasters for quite a while uh, but we've all just been really waiting for an official announcement from the park in terms of the names the themes and the opening date i mean they did initially announce december 17th as the opening date and it looks like they've pushed it back a week or six days since then frankly i think it's excellent what gun world is doing you know i think we've said it in the past they're being very aggressive with their expansion i'm personally more excited about tnt the Vacoma family coaster because frankly i was not that big of a fan of buzzsaw but who knows maybe the refurbishment might bring it back
2: yeah, definitely. And for those as well who aren't aware, the Vakoma SFC 450, it's not the lethal weapon. Um, we hear that rumor a lot. It's not the lethal weapon. It's actually the same
1: model that Movie World's building in their Wizard of Oz precinct. Maybe sort of like a child of lethal weapon. Lethal weapon Mark Two. If the lethal weapon, and escape from Madagascar had a child. Yeah, yeah, that works. Which, for some people who may be believing this, this is not the case. It is basically the updated version of Madagascar. So, yes, you are right.
0: Yeah, with the new design trains with the -the non-over-the-shoulder restraints. So, there's going to be no headbanging on this whatsoever. I mean, I went on Escape from Madagascar maybe about a month or so ago. And, yeah, for a kid's ride, that's pretty rough. So, it'll be good to see... That this will be a significant improvement over the original suspended family coaster model.
1: I don't know if the layout's exactly the same, but I actually did the same ride type, well, about a month and a half ago when I went to Dollywood, and it was a great ride. That is the same layout. Well, there you go. So, it's going to be a really fun ride. I think it's going to be an awesome addition to the park, and... Next time I go to the park, it's actually the ride I'm going to look forward to more than Buzzsaw.
2: I think that's definitely yeah, going to be the case. And of the two, whilst Project Zero is pretty well themed by the looks of it, I think TNT is extremely well themed. I don't know if you've seen any sort of recent photos, but we've got it's flying through the station and it's much more authentic looking fly through the station than Superman's very clean cut out of the side of the building. And then we've got TNT's bottle over the place. It looks like a building's been blown up. It's a really, really well themed area.
1: Yeah, I will say they've done a better job of theming uh, TNT Express, which is actually the kids coaster or the family coaster, which has me thinking, and this is probably just the conspiracy theorist in me, are they thinking this ride will last longer if they're putting more money into it or are there other reasons? That's a great thought. My conspiracy theory was that TNT,
2: obviously, new coasters, they take a while to plan. So, I feel like TNT was probably in the works a little bit more than Project Zero was. And, you know, it's just popped up as Dreamworld selling it. And they're like, all right,
1: we'll add that in too. Yeah, that makes more sense, I think.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It takes a minimum of two years to plan, to have negotiations with the manufacturers then you've got to do landscaping. And meanwhile, while that's happening, the manufacturer is creating the track pieces and then it has to be shipped over from Europe. There's a lot of components that go into building a coaster. So, it would come as no surprise that the buzzsaw was more of an impulse buy as opposed to TNT. TNT was always the plan.
1: Mm, 100%. Speaking of rides that potentially have been shoehorned in or maybe not, what's going on at Movie World? So... Ash, um,
2: actually, I don't know if you've been there recently. I certainly haven't, but Blake went not too long ago and there's a bit of a, a kid's ride being built, Blake.
0: Yeah, that's right. So we mentioned this in the very first episode of Park Chat alongside the Wizard of Oz announcement. Movie World also announced that they were going to be adding a new Marvin the Martian themed ride in the Kids WB area, nearby where the old Marvin the Martian ride used to be. Now, there's been a lot of rumors flying around as to what kind of attraction it's going to be. A lot of people have said it's going to be the nine meter swing tower model from SBF Visa, which is basically a miniature version of what Trident is. However, given its location and the proximity of nearby trees, to me, it seems very unlikely. I actually think it's going to be the same ride model as what the Bombora Bounce at Aussie World is. And that's, if I can try and find it on the website, yeah, I, was, I thought I was prepared. <laughs> well, to give you an idea,
1: the Bombora Bounce is actually 10 meters in the air. So if nine meters has been confirmed, then that's pretty damn close. And honestly, if you look at the area that they're working with, which is not huge, Obviously, you want to include the area that people have to walk to get onto and out of the ride. The footprint pretty much would match what Aussie World's ride is. I would dare say that's probably pretty close to the mark. And probably a good addition for the park, except perhaps capacity.
2: Um, Well, I feel like the aim of the game... I mean, it could be wrong, but the aim of the game certainly seems to be to breathe some sort of new life into the kids section. It's been, for lack of a better word, I guess neglected. It's not looking in the best shape, but we have seen in the last year a bit of work happening in there. Even before the last year, we've seen um, Roadrunner get new trains and a little bit of new theming done there. The kids store as well leading in, if I'm not wrong, got a bit of a refurb, a bit of a repaint. So that time that I think that area of the park actually gets some
1: investment put into it. And I will say, I'm, I'm happy that movie world are doing something with the rear of the kids area. I mean, movie world in general, everything seems to go towards the front of every precinct they can think of. So it's great that they're doing that towards the back and utilising some of the area that's been quite dormant for many years. I just hope that when it actually gets finished, it doesn't look shoehorned in, but it continues to work with the aesthetic of the area, which is actually quite nice. It's one of the greener areas of the park, and somewhere you can just kind of go for a bit of a walk and get away from all that hustle and bustle. So, yes, I definitely hope they've continued to uh, you know go with that aesthetic.
0: Well, given Movie World or Village Roadshow's track record, recently you know with the atlantis precinct which we'll touch on a little bit later and obviously what they're intending to do with the wizard of oz precinct i've got high hopes for what they'll do with that back area of the kids wb area by the way whilst you guys were talking i did manage to find the ride model that i think it's going to be it is the spf visa drop and twist six meter
1: oh so you think it's less and smaller than aussie worlds theirs says 10 meters
0: is there's 10 metres, is it? Okay, because they don't seem to have a 10-metre model on their website unless it's under um, family rides or thrill rides. I think
1: once it actually arrives at the park or at least visible, I think it'll quickly become apparent what it is. But for now, I guess viewers can let us know what they think, you know, what it could be. We could be way off. Perhaps it's a uh, miniature DC Rivals. (laughs) The
2: uh, the miniature lethal weapons coming out of the driving school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did mention this to Matt the other day when we were discussing this because if I am correct about this and it is the drop and twist, it will be perfect for the Marvel and the Martian theme because the ride vehicle kind of looks like a spaceship.
1: Yeah. Okay. That that's cool. That's a
2: cool point. Speaking of cool points. <laughs> We need to fix that segue later. Um, Movie World's also popped in a permit application for a hotel. What are our thoughts on Movie World building a hotel? Is it something that you guys believe will attract a lot of visitors? I know, for one, I'll definitely want to stay there at least on one night. But it's a bit out of the way from the main touristy area being Surfers Paradise. But you guys are the locals, so I'll let you sort of take this one.
0: Well, this is something that we've known for a a while now, because I believe it was the beginning of last year in 2021 when uh, Bukhash Ranhara, the uh, CEO of uh, Village Roadshow Theme Parks, announced that they had the intention of building a hotel on the Movie World site. And this is the first time that we've seen any kind of official documentation to support that. And you do make a good point that in terms of being removed from the tourist destination that is Surface Paradise the thing is the theme parks themselves really do warrant on-site accommodation or at least the movie world plot of land can justify it because not only have you got movie world you've got wet and wild you've got the outback spectacular you've got top golf you've got you know it's a pretty fleshed out entertainment precinct that they've built there and i think they can justify putting accommodation on that side because the next best thing that you've got is is the SeaWorld Resort in Main Beach. And to be fair, it's not the greatest hotel. It's pretty old. And if they are going to do anything with it, like if they are going to keep it, it needs a lot of work done to it, in my humble opinion. So
2: you think the SeaWorld Resort could be getting, I guess, replaced by the Movie World one?
0: I wouldn't be surprised if that did actually end up happening because SeaWorld is landlocked as it is. And if they could justify removing the seaworld resort in order to create more room for expansion for the seaworld park i would be fully behind that didn't it get renovated though only a couple of years ago that's a good question i'm not sure i mean i know that they did some expansions to the water park i've got the
1: lowdown here so yes they have done
0: a a renovation
1: on the garden wing And the rooms look quite nice. However, I will go back to what Blake was saying. I do think the grounds of the hotel look quite dated. Definitely doesn't seem like a luxury resort or even a theme park resort in some areas. But in some areas, it's quite nice. So, I think they've done 120 rooms. So... That's a pretty decent renovation. I don't see it going anywhere. I think if anything's going to get a rethink would be the Farm Stay next door. If that's not popular, which I have seen availability quite a lot at last minute, perhaps that might be something that they reconsider if it's not as popular.
0: I guess I should clarify that when I say I'm not a huge fan of the Seawell Resorts in terms of its presentation, it's not so much to do with the rooms themselves, but with the exterior for instance the way that the hotel rooms are structured if it weren't for the fact that they had some vegetation in in between them it would feel like i was walking down a prison cell block because it's all enclosed it's very dark and it's quite it's just all concrete is the best that I can describe it.
1: It feels like a school. I actually think it honestly looks like a school.
0: Well, schools and prisons are not too far off from each other. Let's be real.
1: (laughs) Even like the pool fencing and stuff like that, it definitely doesn't feel like you're in a luxury resort. I know luxury may not be, it's a family resort. But when you go stay at a resort, you want to sort of feel like you're away, like a theme park. You want to feel like you're somewhere else than where you physically are unless it's a very luxury location, like on a beautiful beach, which the spit's nice, but you, you want a little bit of separation there as well. Hmm.
0: Well, maybe we should move on to the SeaWorld stuff since we have been talking about the SeaWorld resort as a whole.
1: Can I just say something?
0: Technically we
1: think we spoke more at SeaWorld than Movie World.
0: Y- yeah, I guess we did. I mean we didn't really touch much on the
1: <laughs> We literally just took the opportunity to like crap on SeaWorld Resort <laughs> 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 Which I'm not I'm not saying it's bad. I just I just thought it was a funny
0: There's not much that we can say about the movie World Resort. Like we've seen some of the plans, but they're just plans and whether or not they get approved or not is a completely different kettle of fish. So we can only wait and see what actually happens with that. But moving on to SeaWorld. There's been major developments with the new Atlantis. We finally got an official opening day of December 2nd for Trident and Leviathan. And the theming looks
1: so good. I'm going to probably be the only person out there that, while I like how it's ended up, I'm not blown away by the end result of the Atlantis precinct. I like it. It looks better than I thought it would six to nine months ago. But compared to the original artwork and, I guess, where I wanted it to be, it's far from it. However, as I go back to saying, it does look good.
0: Keep in mind that the original concept art had a completely different layout for the roller coaster and it had, like, An erupting volcano in the middle of it I think they might have been a bit too ambitious With the concept art on that one I think the
1: biggest letdown for me Personally is the lack of Separation between like the Nickelodeon Area and the Atlantis precinct Having seen it in person I guess before It really started finishing up I was going this feels so Like just planted down now I know Blake you've seen it a lot more recent But as nice as it is, it doesn't give me that sort of wow vibe. I think it's nicely presented and I sort of equate it to something you'd see at Cedar Fair, which is a really nice presentation, but little separation and not necessarily a themed zone, just some really nice themed entrances.
0: I understand where you're coming from. Where you're referring to is nearby the entrance of Leviathan. It just kind of backs straight into the Nickelodeon area without any kind of real grandiose entrance or gate or anything to kind of separate the two themes away from each other. Now, keep in mind that that, I can't remember the name of the attraction that's right there, but that's actually currently closed for maintenance. So whether or not, or that's what they've said, whether it's just closed for maintenance or whether they're going to be removing it or relocating it so they can allow for a bit more separation between the two areas, we don't know. It it could be something that's on the table. I will give village
1: props, however, for using materials they don't usually use. Uh, I know in the Australian parks, we, and actually, funnily enough, Buyer World are doing a good job of using different materials as well. But, you know, in Australia, we more often see those sort of prefab metals, those prefab buildings, just very cheap materials, and they put a bit of a spin on that to try and make it look well-themed they've got massive big green walls. They've got that awesome building design around Trident. They are definitely doing some sort of firsts, as I would say. So I do want to give Village credit there where credit's due, because when I saw the uh, way they did Vortex, I went, this is exactly how I thought it might turn out in my worst possible example. But no, they actually did a pretty good job theming the other two rides. But Yes, still that separation for me isn't there to give it that sort of wow rating.
0: With the theming, I do want to bring up something that Matt mentioned to me a little while back, and it was something that I completely missed out on, but allegedly someone from Village Roadshow uploaded video footage of inside the station for Leviathan. Now, whether or not it's still available somewhere in the internet, I don't know. I haven't been able to find it myself, but Matt, would you be able to... Go into more detail as to what it actually showcased?
2: Yes. As you said, I'm pretty sure it's gone now. It was uploaded by a construction worker and very swiftly deleted. But he basically walked into Leviathan through the queue and yeah, the walls they're just covered in it's like it's covered in fossils. Like there's rock work, but there's you can see things in the rock work that are carved into it and like all these different designs. It's really, really well done. Like engravings
0: or hieroglyphics?
1: Yeah. It looks like a fossil of like a dragon is in there. Didn't Village Roadshow do sort of a behind the scenes video and they actually showed off the queue, which looked like it had utilizing screens and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, they did. Unfortunately, they're behind the scenes. They're quite short. I guess they want you to sort of see it in person because from what I saw in that video, it was really, really impressive.
1: Yeah, I think I'm pretty damn happy with the internals. I wish the shed was at least painted green, but, you know, again, I'm focusing on the worst aspects, which the most people don't do. So, yes, I,
0: uh, I'm pretty excited. The last thing that we have on our list is the fact that the monorail has been removed from... ...from the SeaWorld website's attractions list. And there has also been some development with regards to the removal of the Vikings Revenge Station. Yeah, now look, quickly on
2: to this monorail point. I just want to pop out that the last communication that we've had from the park... ...was it was closed due to the construction of Atlantis. Construction of Atlantis is now finished... And the rides are opening on the second, so one would assume the monorail would also return on the second, but we've heard nothing
0: yet. Also keep in mind that the maintenance area was repurposed for the assembly of Leviathan's train, and as such they had to remove sections of the monorail track in order for them to do that. And trains of the monorail. Yeah, well, there's still one train parked in the central station, and it's... Not looking in great shape It looks very dusty and dirty It looks like it's been sitting there for a a very, very long time Which it has And honestly, I don't see any hope for the attraction returning No, I think it's um,
2: very much a case of Hoping that people don't ask questions and pretending that it didn't exist. Uh, We've seen that with the previous Village Roadshow attraction. And the solution to that problem was announcing the replacement, but not necessarily announcing the retirement.
0: Which is uh, very sad because I feel like a lot of people have a lot of nostalgic sentimental value towards the monorail, especially since it was Australia's first monorail system in the country and now last yeah yeah it beat the sydney monorail it beat the expo 88 monorail it beat the monorail that used to be in broad beach to connect the casino with the shopping mall it beat all of them and this one is the last one to go
2: Mm, very sad. And then on the Vikings' revenge, like you, you went there to witness sort of what's happened. There's been numerous rumours as to why this is, but only the station's been removed.
0: Yeah, I feel like it would be a lot of trouble to remove the rest of the attraction, considering of how it's in such close proximity and intertwines in Stormcoaster's ride envelope, as well as the castle... Portion where it goes on top of the castle and around. In order for them to remove those sections of the ride, I feel like they would have to completely close Storm Coaster and that whole central section of the park in order for them to actually get in there and remove it.
2: Yeah, we'll just have to keep an eye on it. I guess wait for Storm's next maintenance period to see if that is an indication of where the attraction is going for the future for Vikings Revenge. But um, yeah, that rounds us out for quick bits.
1: Now, Blake, I think you're very excited. I think this one's a bit close to home
0: for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For those who weren't aware, on Thursday, the 24th of November, Dreamworld held a conference where they announced a $50 million investment over two years into the park. It's going to be predominantly family-based attractions and installments. So in 2023, we're going to see... The Dreamworld Flyer which is a wave swinger type attraction that's going to be put behind the globe The next section is the Dreamworks experience is going to be officially retired and is going to be rethemed to Kenny and Belinda's Dreamland Which was a trademark that was leaked about a month or so ago And It's also going to incorporate ABC as well as Wiggles-themed attractions, including a Big Red Boat roller coaster, as well as a Big Red Plane-themed attraction. Following that, the Kung Fu Panda section of the DreamWorks experience will be used for the expansion of Ocean Parade, so Pandemonium, The Bumper Cars, will be rethemed to Ocean Parade. And it will also include a kids' splash play area, similar to, say, the Looney Tune Splash Zone or the Castaway Bay at SeaWorld. And that will also appear in 2023. And then for 2024, and this is the part that I'm really excited about, the whole ABC Kids World is going to revert back to Rivertown. Which was a theme that used to encompass that whole area all the way up until 2005 before it got turned into Wiggles World. Instead of going with a, a rustic Australiana theme, they're going with a more jungle type theme to kind of blend into with the Mississippi River. And they're going to relocate the vintage cars, which have been sitting at the back of the park in the wildlife zone. For many years now And they're going to bring them back to there And rename them the Morris Motors As well as a $35 million Vacoma family coaster Called Jungle Rush Which was the other trademark that was revealed About a month or so ago And they're touting it as a world first In It's got the first inclined turntable Which I'm curious as to what That's going to mean And it's going to have the capacity to run forwards And backwards
2: I'm going to jump in here and add a few things. So, first, on the Mississippi Motors, I'm going to struggle with that all the time. I think it's a great idea that they've moved that because when I went up in March and even May, I found that quite often that the attraction was closed simply because the area around it was flooded. So, I think it's a good idea to move it, I guess, to higher ground and out of sort of the mud pit, which is really, really good. But I have heard rumors on what this turntable actually is, Blake, and I got to say, if they are true, it sounds really exciting. Oh, well, please go into detail.
0: I'm very keen to know what that is.
2: (laughs) Let me go into detail. So, credit to where credit's due. This is a lot of the discussion that's been happening on the Parks Forum. A few of the people on there, I think, were lucky enough to actually see the POV videos. So, hopefully, what they're saying is from what they've seen. But it seems as though at some point during the course of the coaster, it will go up to about a 20-degree pitch where it will lock. And then the track will and release the ride in the opposite direction so for example you'd leave the station forwards and then you would go into this little section finish the circuit backwards and then at the start of the next ride so the next people who'll get on will leave the station in the opposite direction if that makes sense
0: wow okay so they're going to alternate backwards rides and forwards rides essentially that's a really cool concept
2: yeah look that's the rumour. and i really hope that's the case. I'm- on that I hope that it's a matter of you don't know which way you're going so you're sort of like Tower of Terror almost or Superman where you can't see the train so you get on there and you have no idea am I going backwards or forwards
0: hmm. they did mention though that this is going to be one of the most immersive attractions that Dreamworld has ever built in terms of theming and storytelling so would the orientation of the train affect the ability to tell a story when you're on a ride
2: Very good question. I don't know how they're going to do that because, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds as though similar to Hagrid's ride. It's going to slow down in sections to sort of play a scene out and then continue on. So, if that's the case, how are you going to do that in reverse? I'm not quite sure, but I think you're on the money there. It's going to be very interesting to see how they can actually incorporate that into a ride um, like this. If it is the case, it's going to go in two different directions.
1: I get more Fire Chaser Express vibes from Dollywood in terms of how this ride's going to go, but I haven't read too much into the announcement. I've learnt my lesson from the Atlantis precinct. So... Yeah, it's interesting what you guys are saying. It would be cool if they did do something where every ride was a little bit different. I think that'd be a really cool factor.
0: It's funny you should mention Fire Chaser Express at Dollywood because I was thinking it reminds me a lot more of Dollywood's new roller coaster, the Big Bear Mountain, because that is also a Vekoma family coaster. Now, I don't think it said anything about Jungle Rush being launched, but I have a sneaking suspicion that it's going to be a launched attraction.
1: Yeah, I feel like a, a slow to medium launch is exactly what it's going to be. But hey, I think the kind of ride it is, I think a loud lift hill, you know, chain lift hill would actually be really cool for it.
0: Well, they got to take into consideration that it is in quite close proximity to Tiger Island, so they can't make too much noise to upset the Tigers. Also, with regards to that, that whole area is quite limited in space, so I'm curious as to what is going to be removed in order to cater for the space for this brand new roller coaster. Is the restaurant going to go? Is the Tower of Terror station building going to go? I would imagine it would, but I'm just curious as to what they're going to do in order to really open that space up and so they can plonk this, what appears to be quite a large-scale roller coaster.
1: Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think hopefully they'll just, with the decent budget they've got, just do some creative solutions. I mean, at the end of the day, there are parks out there and I don't want to keep bringing Disney into it, but Disney and Disneyland, they've done some fantastic ways of getting things close together and you just wouldn't know it because they use theming and sight lines and everything
0: to their advantage. There was another thing that was mentioned at the conference, is that the Tiger Island area is also going to be receiving an upgrade. And the fact that they're going to be slowly moving away from handlers and tigers interacting with each other. And I'm curious as to why they're going in this direction, because I felt like the tiger presentations was always a really big draw card, especially for international tourists. So I find this interesting that they're moving in this direction.
1: Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's almost like a future proof thing. Not only is it potentially if the way people view animals in captivity, maybe, you know, the whole on-show thing, but also perhaps a safety aspect or maybe something to do with this ride. I was going to say insurance. Yeah, that's a good point. I spoke with the theme park a couple of years ago, and they said if one thing was going to shut them down, it would be insurances. They don't have live animals there, but I'm sure it's a similar thing and only probably getting worse as time goes on. But, yeah, Blake, you were mentioning about close proximity to roller coasters. Well, perhaps that's the reason they're doing what they're doing with Tiger Island.
0: Hmm. Well, it could also be because, and I I don't know if this is accurate or not, but my understanding is that the original Tiger handler that had been at Dreamworld since tiger islands inception i believe he's either stepped down or retired so maybe that this is kind of forced dreamworld's hand to move into a different direction and how they handle the tigers now
1: yeah i didn't want to bring that up because i feel like i guess i can't comment on that aspect but you are right Blake. that did go to my mind as well perhaps there's just some sort of experience void that they have and you know for whatever reason they just want to get away from that I just want to say that the ride at the entrance to Dreamworld really gives me Phantasialand vibes. I thought that was a really cool aspect. I know some people are saying that they're going to miss the fountain, and I agree. There's definitely something nice about a really nice fountain at the entrance of a theme park, but I think that's a really cool aspect, and perhaps it is a further nod to what people want, which is... Less Sky Voyage-esque buildings and something, you know, more akin to that classic 30s, 40s building design. I was just going to say, because I was thinking about it last night. I'm, at the
2: moment, potentially writing a script for an episode to put on my YouTube channel. And I was thinking, why would you take out such an iconic part of Dreamworld and put in a ride? The closest ride to the entrance of the park would be Steel Taipan, which is all the way to the left, and the Claw. Wouldn't it be Sky Voyager? I'm not really counting that as a ride. Um, I'm talking (laughs) about when you walk in and you see a ride and you're like, I want to go on that. Like Sky Voyager, you just see this weird futuristic building and you're like, is that a hotel? But like to see like a ride and go towards it, you have to go pretty deep into the park, especially sort of like a kids-ish type of ride. I think it might be actually a good idea. And also, I don't know if you've seen it
1: on the website, they're mentioning that it will potentially be open during the night markets too. I will say that the front of Dreamworld feels void. Like, Movie World has the problem where there's too much happening on Main Street. Dreamworld is the opposite. It feels like a ghost town. And I'm sure that's because it's just so big. So, I actually think this will help a lot with making that entrance feel really vibrant and really exciting. And when you first walk in, you're like, I'm at a theme park.
0: You know, I'm going to be play devil's advocate on this because I'm quite on the fence about this decision. I definitely fall into that party where I'm quite fond of the Dreamworld fountain in the Main Street area. However, at the same time, I'm also welcome to the idea of having a centerpiece attraction in that area of the park. I think of, say, California's Great America in San Jose, where you walk into the park and you've got that beautiful double-decker carousel right there in front of you. At the same time, that carousel is also complemented by a water feature. And I'm curious as to whether or not they're gonna find a nice balance between having a ride and having beautiful landscaping around the attraction to kind of flesh it out because i wouldn't be the biggest fan if they literally just concreted the whole thing and just called it a day i don't necessarily think they are going to do that but i'd have to wait and see how it looks can i make a suggestion maybe not a suggestion
1: but just throw a vision out that i have in my mind If you walked in, and I must admit the wooden stage and the globe, I kind of feel like they could go. But if you had a beautiful, big, sort of old-looking ride and some beautiful flower beds and greenery and it was really nicely presented, wouldn't that be an improvement to what there is now? I mean, yes, the globe's cool. Yes, the stage serves a function and the water is nice. But if you had something that actually looked like it was there for a long time and it really just had a charm to it, I think that would be such a huge improvement. I think people would most certainly not even think about what it was. And I'm going to just say that all of the concept art I'm seeing has the same vibe, which is it's been here for a long time. We're using greenery. You know, everything kind of looks old in a way. It's kind of very Disneyland. And again, as I was saying earlier in the episode, we're so used to seeing prefab buildings and just steel. We're not used to seeing a lived-in themed environment unless you go back and look at Scooby-Doo, Wild West, things like that. So I am actually really excited for it if they carry through the concept art because all of these additions, to me, make Dreamworld feel like a park I'm going to enjoy just walking around and experiencing. And honestly, everyone who's wanting a Disneyland park, this is the closest we'll probably get to something like you'll see at Disney if they truly live up to what these concept arts are showing us.
0: Well, oh, that's a lot to take in. <laughs> you do make some very interesting points there, I think. I do 100% agree with you. I think trying to bring that timeless aesthetic that Dreamworld really once had, especially, you know, during the John Longhurst days, trying to bring that aesthetic back to the park is definitely a positive in my books. And it'll be interesting to see how they balance that out with Sky Voyages, very postmodern, almost pseudo futuristic style building who knows maybe we might even see an overhaul of the sky voyager exterior in the future
1: i think that's actually a true possibility i just want to say something and you guys can edit this out if i'm fangirling too much because i'll be honest with you when i first heard these announcement i wasn't interested i was like yeah okay cool whatever it wasn't until i actually looked at everything and took it in was i really excited I want you both just to look at the photo I sent on Facebook for a moment. So, for those that don't know, it's a collage of six concept art images from Gold Coast Theme Parks, the Facebook page. So, make sure you like them because it's a really cool page. But I'm not sure if this is released like this from Dreamworld or they've gone ahead and stitched these images together. But I'm just going to take you guys through one by one and just go with me for a moment. So, six images... Blake, I think you'll probably relate to this more just because you probably you know you've been to some of the parks that I'm about to mention, and you've probably just looked at park maps and stuff more than Matt. So the first image, the what, what, what's the ride actually called? Is it a twirler? It's a wave swinger. Okay, there we go. And I had to Google what that was when that came out when they announced it. I was like, cool, a roller coaster. So, so the first image, Fantasialand, already covered that. The second image of the Jungle Coaster, that doesn't really look like anything. But the Rivertown photo, does that not look like the Rainforest Cafe, Disney Springs in
0: Orlando? Does that not give you those vibes? Honestly, if it's going to give me any vibes, with the mountain facade that you can see in the background, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Typhoon Lagoon.
1: Okay, I can see that. I was sort of thinking Adventureland mixed with Rainforest Cafe mixed with Downtown Disney.
0: Oh yeah, that too, absolutely. The Jungle Rush picture, though, reminds me of Big Bear Mountain at Dollywood, though. In the video
1: I saw of it, I agree, in that image, it actually just reminds me of just, I don't know, lush greenery. But but yes, I see where you're going with that, so I can see that. But do you see the image of the vintage cars there, the petrol station? Doesn't that feel a little bit like DCA's Cars Land? And then the next image with the kids' area, does that not feel like Disney's California Adventure, just the area need a little mermaid? Like, do you not get those vibes or is it just me like trying to get a link to Disney? But when I view these, it's like they've almost given the Disney versions to the artists and saying, hey, make that feel a bit like that. I don't know what it is about the octopus photo, but I think it's maybe the building design there. I'm just getting those vibes of the little mermaid in that section of the park. But yes, I just... I'm probably fangirling a little bit here, but yes, I definitely am very excited with the concept arts that have been announced.
0: I definitely think what you're saying has some merit, given the fact that the history of Dreamworld, you know, Dreamworld was meant to be the Disneyland of Australia. That's what John Longhurst wanted to bring to this country. And he did that, you know, he hired Disney Imagineers to help design some of the buildings in Main Street that still stand to this day. And Greg Young's vision for the park, I definitely think is really trying to tap into that nostalgia factor, you know, bring back the dream world that people grew up loving. And I would not be surprised if he's kind of tapping into that Disney-esque sort of vibe with these new expansions.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, if anyone, and I've spoken to Greg, you know, when we did our park chat meetup, he was there and- Just hearing the passion and experience from that guy, you you can tell that if anyone's going to bring us a version of Disney and Universal and the the best of the best out there, it's going to be Greg. Greg knows what he's talking about. So, yeah, I think this is truly his brain working overtime on delivering something that Dreamworld can afford and agree to build. And he's done a really good job. And yeah, I just hope it comes to fruition as close to as possible.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I think we're running a bit ...out of time here. I think we should wrap things up. Do we have any last thoughts before we decide to finish up the pod? I don't know.
1: I feel like I've said everything now.
0: Matt, do you have anything to comment?
2: No, look, I feel like we've covered it all. I'm interested to hear your opinions too. But if I was going to rate everything we've heard announced, I guess, this year... ...that's coming to our parks from next weekend until 2024... ...I think Dreamworld's announcement probably takes the cake. It's a staggered approach to bringing new things to the park and also... Really addressing the main issue of the park, those two really tired areas, ABC and DreamWorks, and bringing that fresh feeling into it. So, I'm interested to hear what are your thoughts on everything we've heard, Atlantis, DreamWorld, Gumbaya World, you know, the hotel. What are you most looking forward to?
0: I think COVID has kind of... Looking forward to COVID? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what I was going to say was I think after the pandemic, it's kind of reinvigorated the theme park industry in Australia to go through almost kind of this renaissance where we're seeing this really aggressive, rapid, high quality expansion across all the parks. And it just makes me so excited for what the future holds, not just for Dreamworld, but for all the parks and Bioworld, World, Sea World. Even uh, Aussie World, you know, they've had some obviously not as grandiose expansions, but they've continuously developed over the years as well. And I just have a very optimistic view on where the current trajectory of the theme park industry in Australia is going.
1: Yeah, I think, Blake, you've hit the nail on the head. COVID has definitely been the turning point for the park's innovations. And I think... There's I don't know if it's an element of like, don't travel overseas, Australia has everything you need, and that's almost the same in other things, which is, you know, Australian made and things like that, or maybe just an element of, hey, everyone wants to spend money right now, things are relatively well for a lot of people, things are back in business, let's capitalise on that, but yeah, I do think there's been a turning point for all parks, and kind of ironic too, because in some ways COVID has probably affected some things, like maybe the atlantis precinct but nonetheless they've done a good job finishing that some of the other projects around the parks especially down south have gone really well so yeah i think it's interesting and let's just see if it continues
0: yeah absolutely so look i think that pretty much sums up all of our thoughts about dream world as well as everything that's happened over the past month as always if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram. We've also got the YouTube page as well. I'm not too sure. Have we actually found the password for that yet? (laughs) Uh, I'm working on it. (laughs) And if, as always, we always encourage... What's
1: my mother's maiden name?
0: And as always, we always encourage feedback and suggestions for what you want us to talk about in the next episode. And you can do that at feedback at parkchat.com.au.
1: I think that email works. Or on our Instagram page.
2: (laughs) That definitely works. I have been getting a few comments from people who listen, and it's really, really nice to actually get that good feedback from people. So, thank you to everyone who's left us good feedback.
1: Or bad feedback. We need it to strive. (laughs) and on that note (laughs) thanks for tuning in we'll see you next time see ya bye